Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome. You're listening to the Nomad Peeps podcast. This is the podcast for born wanderers and rule breakers. And this week, we're talking about family support when living abroad, as well as generational trauma. So we're talking about the fear that might be attached with living far away from your family, uh, the challenges. I'm going to be talking about my story of my family adjusting to the life that I currently live, which has been living abroad for quite some time, as well as talking about the stereotypes, the whole running away, you're running away trip. So we're going to be getting into all of that today. All right. Y'all have to forgive me if my voice sounds a little bit weird because we just had the fine dust hit here in Korea, or it was like a lot of fine dust lately. And it's crazy because the sky looks beautiful and blue. And it wasn't until my friend told me, oh, it's a lot, it's bad fine dust today. And I'm like, damn. But then I woke up the next morning and I'm like, okay, I, I don't know. I don't know if it translates on here. I hope it doesn't. But I feel like, I don't know, fine dust will have you sounding like Marge Simpson's sisters. But Anyway, I'm going to try to make it sexy. Um, (laughs) So this week's episode is very much a tie-in to last week's episode, which was about travel woes, wellness, you know, dealing with uh, taking care of yourself when you're living abroad, therapy. I had Sarah V. She is the host of the Nuance and Depth podcast and a really good friend of mine's here in South Korea. And we talked that we kind of got into all of that. Um, so if you haven't listened to that, I would go and check it out. Either you can check it out after this episode or before, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, this week, I wanted to focus more on the family support side of things um, when you're living abroad. Uh, we're in the beginning of 2020. So I feel like, you know, this is the time January, there's a lot of magic because everyone has their goals and things that they want to do. And I feel like travel is definitely becoming uh, um, a goal that is uh, more... It's uh, more desirable for a lot of people. A lot of people are looking to make changes, whether it's going somewhere for the first time, going abroad for the first time, or there's a lot more people who are wanting to like move, live abroad. This is becoming um, a growing, growing demographic of people who want to do new things. And I find that the biggest hurdle for people seems to be their family. Um, either moving away from their family or maybe their family not supporting them. So that's why I felt like I wanted to do this because um, I want to put my story out there as well as talk about uh, a few things that I feel that can definitely help anyone listening to this who you're, maybe you have some, you know, you're kind of like, I don't know some fear. Fear is a bitch. Fear will have you yoked up and paralyzed and it really ain't that big of a thing. So we're going to get into that, but I realize that family is big thing and family is what can keep people from, you know, making the moves they want for whatever reason. I'm going to start by saying that I recognize that the family unit is so important 
for a lot of people and just society in general, us as humans, you know, that's your tribe. So one person leaving the tribe can, uh, I want to say it awakens a little bit of fear in some people, you know what I mean? This is, I'm just talking from like, if we want to bring it to the basics of, you know, why people react the way that they do. Now, there's only going to be two things that happen, right? Either you're going to tell your family your plans to move. People are either going to react. It's going to be natural for them to react with a little bit of sadness because it's like, "Mm, you're not going to be close to me. I'm not going to see you all the time. But once that initial, you know, feeling is gone, either people are going to be supportive or they're not. So let let me start by telling you kind of, my journey, so to speak, my journey with my family as far as them getting used to the idea of me. Um, It's important to say that as me being a Black American, Black African American, whatever you want to call it, um, historically, and I guess historically and socioeconomically, travel was not a part of a lot of our communities because we didn't have the access. Um, and that's because of, you know, like I said, socioeconomically, money-wise, you know, there were other important things to be worrying about besides travel, okay? In my family, um, I'm really the first person to live abroad. My uncle, he lived abroad in Germany as well as um, spent time in Saudi Arabia, but that, of course, was military. Um, so, when I think about it, majority of the people in my family that have traveled, um, it was through military. Um, my grandfather in particular, um, and I didn't find out until later that he had visited the Philippines. He And he kind of had an interesting life because he was um, basically orphaned when he was 14. Well, when he was younger, but his, his my great-grandparents uh, died, passed away, and him and his siblings were split up um, because at that time, you know, it was a lot, it was difficult sometimes for a family to take on three kids and, you know, so long story short, he was 14 when he went out on his own, like left 14 years old. Can you imagine 14 year old teenage boy out in the world in like the thirties? crazy. My grandfather had a crazy life, but he did travel. He went to many places. So, and I didn't find this out until later, but again, this was through the military and it wasn't, there was no leisure. (laughs) There was no leisure in any of these type of, uh, when it came to the travel, even with my uncle, I think it was more of a, you know, gotta do something. And that can be the case for a lot of people when they join, um, the military and whatever branch you join. So, I feel like I can say that I'm really the first person who decided to move abroad, work, working, living abroad solidly by choice. Um, And my my family, when it comes to uh, well, let's talk about my mother's side first, because my my, my parents are divorced. I kind of have a yin and yang situation when it comes to experiencing support because my mother She's Team Lisa all the way, period, Team Lisa, okay? That's her. So she's always been supportive. Um, even when I went to culinary school, and this is like four hour, a four-hour drive north 
of, you know, Philadelphia, upstate New York, my grandparents, they were kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, they were, you know, it took some adjusting for them. But they did the same thing to my mom and she was in Virginia and that's not even, well, that was further away, but like, you know, she was the first person to go to college. So it's not like they weren't used to it. I think it was just, like I said, the natural thing of when you tell your family, I'm doing this, I'm moving abroad. It's kind of like a, oh, we're going to miss you, that type of feeling. But then people get over it, right? So then when I started working on the cruise ship and getting further and further away, pretty much after graduating, I was my trips were becoming longer and the distance was becoming a lot farther. Um, I think they had already gotten used to it, really. I mean, what was anybody going to say? <laughs> Who was going to check me? Because, I mean, you know, you're your own person. Now, I will also say that there are some there are some cultures where you don't have this leeway to do this. Uh, Culturally speaking for my family, I didn't really have any obligations in my parents in that way where it was like, oh, this is unthinkable. This is not going to happen. I'm definitely not going to be able to do this because I have my duties as a child, you know, and as an adult child. I know that there are some cultures where this is very strong and this this can be another hurdle of why some people might not be able to go and live abroad. So I, I want to say that I acknowledge that. Okay. But um, I feel very lucky because for the most part, I've had a lot of support. Now, th th this doesn't mean that it's been easy living away from my family, even though I don't have these obligations. And not only cultural obligations, um, in my current situation, I don't have any children. That's my personal choice. I'm so glad that I don't have any children. Um, I'm single. Now, Depending on who you are, that might be a good thing or a bad thing. I view it as a positive thing. Like, I'm, I'm really happy about it because, like, I don't have any obligation to a significant other. Sometimes when you have a partner, you can't do the things that you want to do, you know. When you have kids, your obligation is to your children to, you know, take care of them. That's what, at least to me, if I have kids they come first, you know, when it comes to a significant other, that can change a lot of things. I had a, uh, a girlfriend, a roommate in when I was in uh, college that I remember us talking and she was telling me she had plans to, you know, after graduation, she was going to continue studying at Le Cordon Bleu in Paris. She wanted to go to Paris to work. She was, um, her major was baking and pastry. And then like, I don't know what, two years in, she ended up meeting a guy and yeah, all that. Then next thing I know there was like a wedding and I, I have lost contact with her, but I know she never did that. So you see what I mean? When you have a significant other, this can, your, your plans can change by choice or, you know, may sometimes not by choice. You never know. So, um, I don't have to deal with that. And my parents' health, are my parents, they're, they're in pretty good health, uh, for the most part. So I feel very blessed in that sense where I'm, I'm not in a situation where I really have to like, su support anyone, um, who any of my parents, because they're extremely sick. My father's different situation because he's, you know, remarried. So he kind of technically has his 
has another family that can support him in that way. Now, when it comes to my father, this is where I had mentioned the yin and yang. Um, this is where my father is. Where if my mom, my mom is Team Lisa. My dad, I don't know. I don't really know what where he stands. Um, I have kind of a very well, not kinda. I have a very strained relationship with my father and I have had a strained relationship with him since I was pretty much like a teenager. So in that sense, you know, he knows what I do. He knows I live abroad. He knows what country I'm in. We talk from time to time, but when it came to me making my choices, uh, to, you know, every choice that I made where it's like, okay, I'm finished here. I'm moving here. I'm moving here. I'm doing this. It was always um, not fully supported, supportive because it was always a cloud of, okay, so when are you coming home? Oh, how long are you going to be over there? Oh, you have a game plan? It was kind of like always this thing of like just waiting for me to like, you know, come back home. Almost to the point where I, when I left Australia in 2017, I came home for Christmas that was the first time I had been home for Christmas in a long time. And I had a return ticket for Vietnam in, I think, was it January? But things happened because my grandfather passed away. And, like, I pretty much got persuaded. I kind of let him get in my head. And I was, like, I didn't go back. I didn't, I didn't take the flight back. And I was, like, thinking of actually I went for I even went for a job interview in DC which is where my father lives and it was just like I don't know it didn't go well and it was just it just felt wrong and it made me realize like no I need to get out of here so like it's always kind of been like it's never really been an encouragement for from him um like it has been with my mom as far as like an encouragement for me to do what I want to do that I feel that I need to do and you know, encouraging me to trust myself and that she trusts me. Like it was, it, it's totally different. Um, I remember even when I first got to Australia, so this was 2014 and I came through a program work enjoy Australia. They basically set up, they will help you find a job beforehand. You have to pay them money if y'all ever hear about Work Enjoy Australia, don't even bother with this company for real, for real. It's kind of like an unnecessary middleman. Sorry, this is a side tangent. It's a waste of money, in my opinion, because you can easily get to Australia and find a job. Well, I don't know how things are now, but at least still with the working holiday visa, it's very easy to find a job. So I just, but you know, it's nice to have one before you get there. So I had a job working on this shitty resort island island resort and basically after a month and a half me and my roommate we were like well fuck this like <laughs> this is like yeah it felt like I was working on the ship the only difference uh, it felt like I was working on the cruise ship the only difference was it was on locked it was landlocked on an island like I, I wasn't feeling it so we left and I remember we rented a van with like these four crazy ash Irish boys that were also working well my roommate was like involved with one of them and the others were cool. We all kind of had hung out a couple times and they weren't feeling it. And we were like, well, let's just go in on this like van and do this road trip. So I remember when I told my 
I told my mom about it and I told my dad about it. And I remember getting this weird message from him. I'll never forget it. He probably doesn't even remember, but it was like this thing that was like message saying, don't leave, don't do this. Um, if you leave, you know, you're going to might end up in a ditch somewhere. It was like, really like, I don't know. It was really just kind of like, uh, it was hurtful. It was a little hurtful because it was like, obviously you don't, you don't trust me. And, but then I won't even go into the, into that, but you see what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, it's not, it it makes it difficult. It makes it difficult when you have a family member or family members that, you know, don't support your decision to live abroad. And it's all fear. It's all fear. And so this is why people, I think this is why people don't they might want to move abroad or experiencing an experience a new way of living. There's so many ways to live, y'all. There's so many ways uh, 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 to live a life, and there's so many different lifestyles, and it just seems very limiting to like only you know. And if that's what you want, some people like their small towns. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're curious and you want to experience like another way of living, like why not? That's my, that's my, that's my feeling on that. So, but it's fear that has a lot of people, um, uh, like frozen your family's fear. They're fearful for you, which I get it. It's a scary world. It's scary out here in these streets. You know, it is a wild world, but at the same time, it doesn't matter. Cause it, it you know what I mean? It does, that doesn't matter because it's wild everywhere. It doesn't, in one place is not safer than any other place. So, yeah, th- these are the challenges, and I get it. When you live abroad and there's that distance, you're not close in a way you are when you're home. So chances are you're going to miss out on some stuff. I've missed out on weddings. I've missed births. I've missed graduations. You know, both my my mother's my mother graduated with a master's. I wasn't there for that. My brother's high school graduation, I wasn't there for that. My uncle's wedding, I wasn't there for that. My cousin's, uh, you know, he had a kid. I wasn't there for any of that. And I think for some people, this can weigh on you heavily. And this is why some people feel like, oh, I don't think I can do this. You know, I don't think I can live abroad. It's just too many things I'm going to be missing out on. And, you know, if you're close with your family, that's a real, that's something that is a real challenge. It's a real challenge you have to deal with. I'm close with my family. I I do feel close, maybe not close in the way that I think some other families might be. Um, even, but even when I was living at home, I didn't see my cousin every single day. I didn't see my uncle every single day. So I, again, I think it, it just depends on how you were raised, how you grew up. And that is what determines, you know, how hard it might be for you to make a decision to live abroad and, you know, deal with, uh, the challenge that comes with that, which is I'm going to be missing out on some stuff. The the good thing with that, though, even with distance, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, um, distance really is what you make it. And 
we're lucky that we live in an age where, you know, we have the interwebs, we can look at people, we can see each other, we could talk to people. I talk to my mom every day. Like for real, y'all. I talk I'm living in South Korea, my mom is in America. I talk to her every day. For the well, maybe one, maybe or we message every day. Maybe we might not talk every single day, but we talk multiple times a week, sometimes every day. Um, and we message constantly every single day. So for me, living here in South Korea, I don't really feel like I'm missing out. I've never felt like I'm missing out on anything. I missed her graduation ceremony, but I talked to her that day. You know, we were sending pictures back and forth. So I kind of feel like, you know, like I, I think distance really is what you make it. And it's true if you look at certain cultures, for example, like um, I know I noticed that there are some uh, groups of people culturally that have family all over the place. Um, my my girl, Shannon, um, her family, <clears throat> excuse me, her family is Chinese. She has family in Canada. She has family in the UK, like distant relatives. You know, she has, you know, obviously back in the mainland, she has family. And so they're not seeing everybody. They're not seeing each other all the time. Uh, I know I had a friend in high school. Um, she was Indian. I know she would be going to uh, California. She went out to California for a wedding and then she got family in Toronto and then family back on the continent and family in London. Like, you know, these are relatives. Yeah, they're distant relatives, but they're family that's all over the place. And I remember having a conversation with my mom and I was like, you know, I'm like the first one. I'm really the first one. And if there's other opportunities, people do this all the time. I was, we were talking about this and cause I was discussing how I was feeling a little annoyed with, you know, some peeps in our family. Cause it's like, for them, it's kind of like this, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? And I finally realized like, y'all need to stop asking that. <laughs> this is not a gap year. I don't know anybody who's ever taken a seven year gap year. Like that shit's wild. Like this is not a gap year. This is how I live. And it's like, I'm ready for them to get to the point where they can finally realize like, yo, this is our family member who lives here. You know, I'm like the first one. I'm like, and this isn't not, this isn't nothing new. It's plenty of people who live like this where their families all over the world and they're still close. They still keep, and honestly, that's dope to me because that means you got like bases all over the world. I would love to have family spread out like that. Can you imagine? I wish. I wish I had family like really spread out like that where it's like, you know what? I'm going to go to London and guess what? I got peeps I can stay with and show me around and take me out. Like that would be so awesome. So I was saying it like that to kind of like, yo, we need to stop like looking at this, like in such a fearful, oh my God. Oh, you know, I know it takes adjustment, but I was like, we got to get over that. You know what I'm saying? Cause we try and be worldwide out here. You hear me? Um, but actually I have to say though, the biggest challenge, the biggest challenge I had that I ever experienced was when my grandfather passed. And um, so I, my father's, my father's father passed in, uh, what, almost what, two years ago now? Damn. Yeah. Two years ago. But my, um, which I was close to him, but thankfully I was home. I was home for when he, so I got to see him before he passed as well as be there for the funeral. Um, 
But my mother's father, I was so, so close to him. And he passed while I was working. I was on the cruise ship. I want to say this was like my second contract. And it was hard. Um, because at the time, my ship, where were we? I want to say we were like somewhere in the Caribbean. And, oh yeah, we were like somewhere in Mexico. So this was like right before, this was before Christmas he passed not too for long after his birthday. And I remember getting the, you know, my mom telling me, and it was hard. It was so difficult to, you know, have experienced that on the ship. And like, it was really nice because a lot of my colleagues were very supportive at the time. And I ended up going home. I, I was able to take like a little emergency leave of seven days to go home for the funeral because I had to do that. So it was so expensive because basically I had to, I, luckily the ship was in Fort Lauderdale. So I was able to fly there, but then I had to go back and meet the ship in Columbia. So that was kind of, you know, wasn't, it wasn't, um, how should I say? It wasn't a pleasant experience, but I was so happy that I went home. And so, you know, these are the things that you kind of have to deal with um, sometimes when you're living abroad. But then, I mean, that's life because I remember my chef, he actually said to me, you know, what would have been the difference? Like he kind of had to shake me out of it because I was like really emotional. Well, I mean, you know, I like obviously like, you know, emotionally for, you know, it, like anyone would be, like anyone else would be, but um, he he had to kind of like gave me a moment where he's like, you know what, like you know, I'm so sorry for your loss, but you know, he's he's gone. You can't really do anything about it right now. So, you know, you have to just kind of like you have to get it together. Basically, he was saying you got to get it together. I'm like so sorry for your loss, but he's gone, and you can't do anything from here. And, I, and he was right. He was right. Like, I mean, and at the same time, what would have been the difference if I had been home? Yeah, maybe I would have seen, been able to see him. But, you know, it helped. It did help me to get over that. And like, I'm, he died in his bed in his sleep peacefully. So I'm like, I feel happy about that because it wasn't like anything, any pain or anything like that. So, yeah, guys, that's that can be one of the biggest challenges. But um you know, this, this, it, it doesn't matter if you're abroad or, at your, or if you're at home, whatever issues you have with your family, it's going to be there. And so this is where the whole stereotype of running away, people say, you know, oh, you're running away from something. Let's take a break and then let's get into that. I'm currently working on a article. This is going to be for my blog over at nomadpeeps.com that is talking about if generational trauma can affect you abroad or how does generational trauma show up as a traveler or a nomad or someone living abroad like in what ways um now, for anyone who's not familiar with this term, uh generational trauma also is known as transgenerational trauma. It's a uh, psychological theory. It's backed up by, it's definitely backed up by research though. Um, I think some people find they, I don't know, I've heard that there's some controversy with this theory, but I think, I don't, I, I don't think it's far-fetched at all. But basically it's saying that 
uh, generational trauma is the transfer of trauma experience from uh, first generation to the second generation or further generations. And a lot of this is can be dragged through the generations unconsciously. So when you talk about cycles, for example, um, you know, uh, I this is an example. I'm experiencing abuse, um, but if I dig a little deeper, I'll find out that my parent, the person who's abusing me, they also experienced abuse. Um, so how this kind of like, you know, cycles through or sometimes, you know, a young um, uh, a person who had um, their child young. And then their child also becomes like a teen, you know, a teen parent. So this is not always the case. This is why I think some people, there are some, I've heard that there's been some like controversial thoughts about it, but because this is not always the case, you know, there are plenty of people who come from uh, rough beginnings, rough situations, and they're able to like rise out of that, you know, and be very successful. So how might this show up abroad? And this is where the whole running away stereotype comes into play. And I don't think that anyone that's traveling is running away from someone. I think that's kind of stupid to like paint everybody with that brush, you know, especially for those who are living abroad. Because on one hand, I get it. Someone's like, well, what would make someone like, you know, go and live abroad away from their family? I get it all the time. I experience like when people, when I tell people, I'm like, oh, or, or someone's asked me like, oh, do you have any family here? And I say, no, I'm the only one. Like people, like sometimes the reaction I get from people, it's almost like, um, like a wow, oh my gosh, like I couldn't do that. That's so amazing. Like people have this kind of like, you know, thing of, wow, what would make someone want to leave their family unit to go live in a new country where they don't have any family. Like, what? Well, I get it. I get it. It's like, what makes someone do it? Do that. For me, I don't, I've never considered that I'm running away from something because considering I'm so close, like with my grandmother, like my, my core family, my grandmother, um, my mom, my brother, I'm so close with them. Like, they're like my heart. Like, every time I go home, I'm so excited to see them. So it's never it's never been any issue of like, oh, I got to get away. But for me, it's more of a thing of I, the lifestyle, the lifestyles, okay, the lifestyles that I've, in, that I've experienced since living outside of the U.S. is so great and enjoyable and amazing that that's how I want to live. You know, it's, it's not... I can I can want that as well as still love my family and still feel close to them. So for me, that's what it is. Now, for others, I do think there are some people who, you know, are running away. Um, if you look at the history of the world and how things have come, like, look at America. <laughs> America, if you think about it, is made up of people who a lot, like, not all, but majority of it is made up of people who, well, it's made up of people who didn't have a choice and were brought forcefully. Um, it's made up of also people looking for better lives, you know, better opportunities. It's also made up of people who had to leave their home, again, not because of choice, but for the safety of their family. So um, that whole, the, I think the whole stereotype, the whole running away is very, it's very, um, 
it's very silly and it kind of is not to say that and you're not being very nuanced. That's my new favorite word. You're not being very nuanced when you say that statement and, you know, use that as a whole because it's not the reality. Um, But in saying that, I do feel that you can bring your trauma with you. Actually, who has, there's someone that, oh, um, Jazz, she runs Black Digital Nomad. She's also a comedian and actress. Um, she has a joke. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but she has a joke that uh, that kind of goes along the lines of, you know, like you think you don't have, I can't remember it. I'm very verbatim. I'm probably butchering the joke, but it's the idea that you think you can move abroad and you, you know, you think you don't have baggage and you realize like your trauma still comes along with you. And I do think that can can be the case um, as far as people taking some negative behaviors. And again, I think a lot of it is unconscious um, because you have to do the work. Um, and well, first of all, you have to recognize, acknowledge, as, and then from there, make the choice to change that. And that's a whole crazy ass long process, uh, especially if you have a lot of pain and these so many layers to get through. So I feel that people can bring that along with them when they go abroad. I'm currently working on a article. This is going to be for my blog over at nomadpeeps.com that is talking about if generational trauma can affect you abroad or how does generational trauma show up as a traveler or a nomad or someone living abroad, like in what ways? Um, Now, for anyone who's not familiar with this term, uh, generational trauma also is known as transgenerational trauma. It's a uh, psychological theory. It's backed up by, it's definitely backed up by research though. I think some people find they, I don't know, I've heard that there's some controversy with this theory, but I think, I don't, I I don't think it's far-fetched at all. But basically it's saying that uh, generational trauma is the transfer of trauma experience from uh, first generation to the second generation or further generations. And a lot of this is, can be dragged through the generations unconsciously. So when you talk about cycles, for example, um, you know, uh, I this is an example. I'm experiencing abuse, um, but if I dig a little deeper, I'll find out that my parent, the person who's abusing me, they also experienced abuse. Um, so how this kind of like, you know, cycles through or sometimes, you know, a young um, uh, a person who had um, their child young, And then their child also becomes like a teen, you know, a teen parent. So this is not always the case. This is why I think some people, there are some, I've heard that there's been some like controversial thoughts about it, but because this is not always the case, you know, there are plenty of people who come from uh, rough beginnings, rough situations, and they're able to like rise out of that, you know, and be very successful. So how might this show up abroad? And this is where the whole running away stereotype comes into play. And I don't think that anyone that's traveling is running away from someone. 
I think that's kind of stupid to like paint everybody with that brush, you know, especially for those who are living abroad. Because on one hand, I get it. Someone's like, well, what would make someone like, you know, go and live abroad away from their family? I get it all the time. I experience like when people, when I tell people, I'm like, oh, or, or someone's asked me like, oh, do you have any family here? And I say, no, I'm the only one. Like people, like sometimes the reaction I get from people, it's almost like, um, like a, wow, oh my gosh, like I couldn't do that. That's so amazing. Like people have this kind of like, you know, thing of, wow, what would make someone want to leave their family unit to go live in a new country? where they don't have any family. Like, well, I get it. I get it. It's like, what makes someone do it? Do that. For me, I don't, I've never considered that I'm running away from something because considering I'm so close, like with my grandmother, like my, my core family, my grandmother, um, my mom, my brother, I'm so close with them. Like they're like my heart. Like every time I go home, I'm so excited to see them. So it's never, it's never been any issue of like, oh, I got to get away. But for me, it's more of a thing of I, the lifestyle, the lifestyles, okay. The lifestyles that I've in, that I've experienced since living outside of the U.S. is so great and enjoyable and amazing that that's how I want to live. You know, it's not... I can I can want that as well as still love my family and still feel close to them. So for me, that's what it is. Now, for others, I do think there are some people who, you know, are running away. Um, if you look at the history of the world and how things have come, look, look at America. <laughs> America, if you think about it, is made up of people who a lot, like, not all, but majority of it is made up of people who, well, it's made up of people who didn't have a choice and were brought forcefully. Um, it's made up of also people looking for better lives, you know, better opportunities. It's also made up of people who had to leave their home, again, not because of choice, but for the safety of their family. So, um, that whole, that I think the whole stereotype, that whole running away is very, it's very, um, it's very silly and it kind of is not to say that and you're not being very nuanced. That's my new favorite word. You're not be being very nuanced when you say that statement and, you know, use that as a whole because it's not the reality. Um, but in saying that, I do feel that you can bring your trauma with you. Actually, who has, there's someone that, ha oh, um, Jazz, she runs Black Digital Nomad. She's also a comedian and actress. Um, she has a joke. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but she has a joke that uh, that kind of goes along the lines of, you know, like you think you don't have, I can't remember it. I'm very verbatim. I'm probably butchering the joke, but it's the idea that you think you can move abroad and you, you know, you think you don't have baggage and you realize like your trauma still comes along with you. And I do think that can can be the case um, as far as people taking some negative behaviors. And again, I think a lot of it is unconscious um, because you have to do the work. Um, and well, first of all, you have to recognize, acknowledge, as, and then from there, make the choice to change that. And that's a whole 
crazy ass long process, uh, especially if you have a lot of pain and so many layers to get through. So I feel that people can bring that along with them when they go abroad. Trauma in general is going to affect, it doesn't matter if you were in your home country or living abroad, it's going to affect you um, no matter what. So of course, if it would affect your relationships or how you interact or deal with people and situations at home, this is going to be the case when you go abroad. So I, I feel like, you know, maybe even trying to establish when you move to a new country, trying to establish a community, um, you may not feel as if you can connect or it may affect like new, making new friendships. Um, these are the ways in how it can affect you. Um, and be, being able to trust people, you know, being able to trust people. I know, and I just did a video um, on, well, I just made on Nomad Peeps TV over on YouTube, my YouTube channel. If y'all haven't, if you didn't know, I have a YouTube channel. Your girls are really out here, okay? But um, you should go check that out because I did a, I did a review of BetterHelp, which is an online therapy platform. I've talked, I feel like I've talked about it before. I definitely talked about it in the last episode and I'm not going to get, I'm not going to run my mouth about it because y'all can go either listen to the last episode or go watch that over on YouTube. But, um, I've been realizing and learning through these sessions about how I have an issue with setting boundaries so much so that even since I've been abroad, I've learned some really big lessons and how I need to like start doing that and how, issues with my father has affected it kind of has is the reason why I think I I have a hard time I'm sometimes scared to set boundaries with people because I'm afraid of how they're going to react you know but at the end of the day it doesn't really fucking matter how they are going to react because you know basically you just got to get into I or at least for me I'm talking about myself I had I felt like I had to learn how to get into um the mindset of like you know kind of like a, um, I said what I said type of mentality. You know, it's like, look, these are the boundaries. And if you can't, if you got a problem with it, then you got to go. You see what I mean? But I'm, this is something that I'm learning. And I think for a lot of people in whatever way, whatever your trauma is, or if something you've experienced, even being abroad, you got to deal with it. Um, you gotta, you gotta deal with it. You just have to, because again, it's going to come with you. It ain't going nowhere. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I think about that. Um, and particularly with black people. Um, and I feel like many people of color might experience this, um, like, for example, I was reading something on Huffington Post. Uh, a woman was writing about, actually, it's an article she was writing about generational trauma. And she, you know, she's a descendant of Holocaust survivors. So I think, like, that's kind of like another, you know, what we mean by generational trauma, something crazy or serious or, like, like really, really uh, horrid happened to a group of people and how that affects them and their children and so on and so forth. The same thing really goes for um, Black people, particularly Black people in the United States. Um, it's a lot of stuff still dealing with that. So um, even 
for me going abroad, I, I have, I would say that I recognize certain, sometimes certain behaviors and other black folks that I've met. But again, I think it's a personal journey and a personal decision to get to the point where you're like, enough is enough. So yeah, that's my thoughts on that. To end with my final thought, um, because this is like a quick, we got, I think we got under an hour, quick little episode for y'all. The episodes with me, I really like to see it as like a like intimate chat, whereas I like to reserve longer episodes for my guests because we, you know, we really get in depth. But um, I'm going to leave y'all with the final thought that for anybody listening to this who you are thinking that you want to move abroad and you're worried and concerned about your family, at the end of the day, I think it's a personal choice. You know what's best for you. Um, In the situations where you, for those who have cultural obligations, I feel like I can't really fully speak on that. Um, I don't think it's my place to, to speak on that. Because uh, I don't, I don't know that struggle. So I, for me to sit here and be like, you know what? But you know, it's your life. You can't, you know, you can't live for other people. Like I, I don't. I feel like I don't have a place to say that because it's a struggle. I don't know. I have my opinions on that, and I do feel like you know we only have one life to live. I kind of, any all of my choices honestly, kind of stem from that, that place of remembering that life is short. We are not going to be here a long time. And so I want to have a big enjoyment. I want to enjoy as much as possible, experience as much as possible, because as far as I know, I mean, who knows? But as far as I know, and from what I know, there's no second chances. So that's kind of where I come from when it comes to my decisions and you can't let anybody project their fear. It don't matter if they're friends, special. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't let your friends, but even family, you cannot let anyone project their fear onto you. Because a lot of the times, most interactions you're having with people, whether it's positive or negative, it's projection. It really is. Um, people are mirrors of ourselves. I really do believe that. And so I say all that to say that you have to take your life into your hands and you know your family's just gonna have to get on board they're just gonna have to get on board like I don't know what else to say and a lot of the times remember it's their fear not yours so don't take it rebuke it in the name of the universe okay like don't don't let people don't let people get you caught up and do what you got to do for you and as far as you know, making, I think that making the choice to bettering yourself, again, like I say, y'all have heard me say this before, this is the year we are becoming more self-aware, drinking water, staying hydrated and elevating. And a part of that process is being able to look at yourself and be honest with yourself with some of the things that you need to fix. And I really do feel like 
I feel like I'm like, I'm like one, I'm turning into one of those people that started therapy and now they're like, everybody, you should do therapy. You should go to a therapist. Like I'm really becoming that person. But for real though, like the world is hard. And especially if you're a person of color, like we all have been through some shit, especially black people, especially black women. So of course, I'm definitely going to be out here and like, I'm trying to better myself. And I feel like therapy is definitely, definitely, definitely key. Like I know some people are like, oh, heal thyself. I think that is also, you could definitely heal yourself, but some things you really, you can't do it all yourself. There are just some things you really can't do it all yourself. And there's nothing wrong with asking for help or seeking help. So that's why I definitely encourage for all my peeps out there, uh, all my peeps in general, especially my peeps of color, particularly my black women, we need to seek healing at all costs. And um, I feel like, yeah, therapy is definitely the way. Um, and that's why, honestly, I'm not even trying to sound like a plug here because I'm I'm not sponsored. They're not helping me. I'm just happy to have started with BetterHelp because um, it's a great starting place, especially for someone like myself who I never... I never had therapy before. I don't really have the money to really go and see like a therapist, like pay to see one in person to pay like hundreds of dollars an hour. I just don't have it like that. And I live abroad. And so, yeah, BetterHelp has been really awesome. I have a black female therapist and I'm just happy with that. So um, again, for anybody that's interested, I'm going to leave a link. It's a referral link, but you get free seven days to try it for free. This is my putting my peeps on for the week. Um, I really think that anybody who's ever thought of therapy, you should try it out. You really don't have anything to lose, especially with the seven-day trial. And I know some, I've heard some people say they don't feel like some people don't like better help. They don't like the idea of the online therapy. And that's fine. It ain't going to work for everybody. But I think if you are in a place where you're wondering, you're curious, you've never tried it, and you want to try, this is like the perfect, it's the perfect starting point. And then you can go from there. So um, I will leave a link in the show notes of the episode. Um, as well as I did a review, go check that out over on YouTube. And there's a free link there if you are interested in trying the free seven day trial. Yeah. That's it. I'm going to leave it here with y'all. Um, yeah, I'm going to have some announcements coming up probably on the next couple episodes because, you know, Nomad Peeps podcast, we're moving. Like, literally, the podcast is about to be on the road. It is the Nomad Peeps podcast, so that was going to happen. So, yeah, I'll have some announcements coming up later in the week. As always, you guys stay connected on Nomad Peeps pod over on IG. My personal IG is Modern Day Afronaut. And I'm going to see y'all next week. I hope this was really helpful. I hope the messages in this episode reached whoever it needed to reach. And as always, be happy, be healthy, be well. I will see everyone next week. Bye-bye.